is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Hey, everybody. We are are live on Facebook. This is the live live recording of podcast episode number 110. I am talking with... Actually, you have been podcasting forever. You were podcasting before it was trendy. We did. uh, We used rocks and uh, paper cups and twine. (laughs) My husband recently started a podcast. And... He also has written a couple of books and, you know, in the coaching world, we take years to do this and we think about it. And I think you even talked about that in the book, all the resistance that comes up. And I told my husband about, um, I, I can't even remember the name of the podcast app, but it's an app you just use on your phone and it can kind of edit it for you. It's free. And then like 15 minutes later, he had a podcast and every week he just sits down and makes up shit and does this podcast. And it's just so funny how, especially in the coaching world, we can get so overthinking. So, Hey, you guys, this is Trip Lanier. Um, I think he's, he's a brother from another mother. Um, I don't know about you, but since you and I hung out together for a whole year, we were in a program together. We, we used to commiserate on being um, Enneagram sevens. I no longer am an Enneagram seven. What are, what are you like a, you 13 or a 14? I, I just don't need to be fucking happy all the time anymore. I don't need to always be having fun. I'm moved towards five. What's I'm your very, investigator here? Yeah, I think it's more intellectual. Um, and, but yeah, so I, I'm not an Enneagram expert by any means, but I just notice I don't have the need to have as much fun anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's my age. Maybe I need to spend more time with you. Yeah, hormone therapy. Oh, right. Seriously. So you guys, this is Trip Lanier. He is the host of the uh, New Man podcast, has interviewed, what episode are you on now? Like 2027? I don't know because we, we tend to not publish as many, so you know oh. we're not one of the we're not we don't follow that herd where you got to publish all the time. Thanks. Yeah, so I, um, I, I like that. Well, and you've also been busy writing a book called "This Book Will Make You Dangerous." I'm having trouble. This book will make you dangerous, and um, it says the irreverent guide for men who refuse to settle. But I totally loved it, and I don't have a penis that I know of. Um, so I think this book, actually, I listened to it and I actually read with my fingers <laughs> holding a book. I read it um, this last week to get ready and I just chuckled, 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 chuckled. So before we get going, I want to let you guys know what we're talking about today. Um, this is perfect because yesterday on a business call trip, I was talking with a bunch of high achieving success driven women. And I asked the question, how many of you have that feeling of when I have blank, I will finally feel blank? And at first, when I saw the name of this book, I was like, Trip, I don't know if this is for my audience. My audience is mostly women. And you said the chronic issue that successful people have where they seemingly have it all, but feel trapped, drained, and isolated, bored, and overwhelmed. Hello. My business is called Soulful Success. That's the same. This is the same thing. This book will make you dangerous. So what does dangerous mean to you, Trip? Well, I think before we understand what dangerous is, it's, it's understanding that most of us, when we chase after, quote, success, if we really drill down, success means that we really hope that we're going to be comfortable once and for all. We're going to have certainty and safety mm-hmm. once and for all. And we're going to be important and accepted and loved and appreciated and admired and adored once and for all. And so we're chasing after comfort, chasing after certainty, chasing after status and importance. Um, those things aren't aligned with joy. 
they're actually not aligned mm-hmm. with fulfillment. They're not aligned with what actually makes us feel um, alive or free or mm-hmm. loved. So we're putting our heads down and we're chasing after this one hap- magical one day where we'll finally be done and we'll be comfortable once and for all. We're going to be certain once and for all. We're going to be accepted once and for all. And um, that's really just chasing a, a form of safety. It's forming. It's 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 this idea that I'll finally be safe. It's a survival mentality. So we mm-hmm. might drive the Benz, and we might have the nice house, and we might have all the followers. But really, we're just trying to create a different form of survival for ourselves. And so, I want to throw out there and say, Hey, look, yes, survival is really important. Being comfortable is really important. Being having certainty is really important. Being loved and admired is important. But it's not everything. And if we're willing to be a little bit dangerous, if we're willing to step across that edge from time to time, we might actually find what we ultimately want, which is to feel freedom, aliveness, deep love, deep connection, and peace of mind. That's a lot. (laughs) I know, but as I was listening and reading, it's everything... I talk to my clients about we're, we're out of the how to the how to you can Google a how to you can watch a 13 year old tell you how to build a $60,000 a month business on fucking YouTube these days. Um, and it is, I, it was funny as you were talking, I was remembering a conversation we had and I had used the phrase um, always nexting the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And then you feel that momentary, endorphin high and then it wears off and so then you're back in in the thing again so um it is completely relevant um yeah and as a coach i got tired of helping people do really things that looked impressive from the outside but then mm -hmm. a week or two later they were back into a state of mind that where they felt trapped they felt drained they felt isolated they felt bored they felt overwhelmed there was this i was like wait a second this isn't why i signed up to be a coach this isn't why i got into this work uh and so yeah, we're going to set goals, but let's set smart goals. Let's understand what we're really playing for. It's not just these objective outcomes, but it's also these subjective experiences. Yeah. The, um, I was right before we got on this morning, I actually went to the back of the book to like see about trip. And the very last thing you said is that you live a quiet life near the beach with your wife and daughter. And I love that to me was the epitome epitome of this. So we're joking earlier about me not being a seven anymore. I laugh that I value simplicity. I laugh that I value a quiet life more than to me, a quiet life is fun. (laughs) Maybe my idea of fun has changed. And it is because of exactly this, that um, three, four years ago, even though my business and my life had all these things, my soul was still empty. Um, Avoiding discomfort, avoiding the loss of time, money, and energy, avoiding the loss of approval or looking bad. Those are the things. The technical term is looking like a moron. Yeah, we don't. Sure. The women, the women version. I mean, we can call it people pleasing, just people pleasing. And we're so not only individually, accidentally raised this way, but culturally conditioned this way. And every time we're not doing or being something, it's one of those three. It's actually really simple. Well, I like it. Like I call it protecting and pleasing and proving. We're either mm-hmm. protecting our ass, we are kissing ass, or we're making sure that we don't look like an ass. And that if people are like, oh, I've got to find my purpose in life. I've got to find this sense of what my deeper calling is. And it's like, well, you've already got one. Mm -hmm. You already live in it. And if you look at most of the decisions that you make throughout the day, you're covering your ass. You're making sure that, you know, nothing bad happens. You're making sure that nobody gets mad at you. You're kissing ass and you're making sure that nobody makes fun of you or thinks you're weird or calls you out or anything like that. That's a, that's an entire day right there. So it's exhausting. And then we're like, why don't I feel energized? Why don't I really enjoy what I'm doing? And, and so again, it's that idea that we're in, we're always in some kind of a dangerous place. And uh, I, I think the antithesis is that, well, what if we were willing to be a little bold? What if we were a little, we could be a little playful. What if we could get over ourselves a bit? We might start to loosen things up and realize maybe it's not so crazy or dangerous out there. And that's hard. This book was for me. Like it was a reminder for me to be bold and to be playful and to get over myself. So I opened this book last night. The hard copy came in in the mail yesterday. And I opened this book last night. And speaking of being playful and loosening up, 
your introduction. Am I allowed to say this? I mean, I'm allowed to say whatever I, I, I want. This but. is why I was, when I send this book out and I'm like, oh, Allison. No, I, this no, is what like, I love it. This is, I, know. I, I just laughed. And so that's the other thing. You know, we're not just teaching people. We're not just teaching people with word words. We're showing them with who we are. And I pick up this book and it's a personal growth book, but it's not a personal growth book. Trip Lanier is in this book. And so you tell a bending over and having somebody stick their finger up your ass story that is a thousand percent hilarious and relatable. And I just context think, is important here. That was at a doctor's office. I just want to Yes, it wasn't was at, yeah, was at a bar or something. Okay. I just want to No, but and so I read a bunch last night. Um, and then this morning when I was walking, I was listening to the rest of it, and over and over. I heard this real human being's voice and his willingness to use words that I've heard you say (laughs) in casual conversation. And so it was not only amazing content, but the delivery and style is just more permission. Exactly what you're preaching in the book is like, be playful, be bold, not to swing your big dick, but be bold to just be who you are. Use your real voice in life. And that one of the the phrases that you used in the book is like what weakens you and what strengthens you. Talk a little bit about that concept because our bodies do know. Well, yeah, I think I think that's that idea is I had a conversation with a with a prospect a while back, this this really highly successful, very driven woman. And she was telling me her, I mean, of course she's type A, like she had the whole next three years mapped out and what she wanted to do. And I said, does this make you stronger? And she was like, what do you, what do you mean? I was like, well, are, are your relationships stronger as a result of this? How's your marriage? How's your, how, how's your relationship with your kids? How's your relationship with your body? How are you enjoying anything outside of work? And she began to see that what had been driven in her head that I'm going to be, quote, successful actually mm-hmm. wasn't making her stronger. It was weakening the foundational elements in her life. That's not true for everybody. For some folks, it, it, it lines up. But the idea was that when she started to look around, she's like, yeah, I don't sleep. I eat like crap. I don't exercise. Just on that fundamental level, that, that throws everything off. And then her relationship, she had no community. Her husband, she's setting things up for bad news with her husband down the road. She mm-hmm. was missing her kids growing up. So it was just like, what are we really playing for here? And again, most of us get into this thing like this, this, this is the path. I've, I've, I've been indoctrinated to believe that this thing is it. And again, it's not really about chasing money. It could be whatever kind of fairy tale we've bought into. But we rarely do we ever question it because we tend to run in a tribe where we look back and forth and say, well, I must be on the right track because everybody else is doing this. We're comparing ourselves to other, the others. The bold part is to slow down and say, wait, wait a second, what actually has me feel strong? What actually has me feel more expansive? And we might find that that it goes against the grain. That goes against mm-hmm. what the herd is doing. And that can be confronting. That can feel dangerous to start to forge our own path. And be like, Gosh, who am I to go down this road? Who am I to give myself a break? Who am I to give myself permission to do ABC? Uh, and and, and what will happen if I do? What will I lose if I'll I go do? Broke. So like you say, playing not to lose. I'll go broke. I'll go backwards. I will... Um, People think I'm crazy. I'm yes, lazy. Yes, yes, yes. I'll lose friends. I'll lose family. All these things. And and it. I remember having a coach who did a core values exercise with me. And instead of like filling out the forms, he did the whole NLP version and just carried me through a conversation. And what I learned from that was one of the questions he would say was, tell me about a time when you were most excited. And then he would say, tell me what happened just before that. And I realized that when we're truly living in our core values, we're actually have a sense of excitement and vitality. And when I say vitality, I mean the cells in our body are happy and plump and the blood is flowing and the oxygen is getting bright and we feel that physical lightness Mm. and feeling that lightness is actually really helpful for getting past resistance and um, implementing habits or continuing habits. And when we are in that protective mode, okay, podcast listeners, you can't see this, but like just make a fist and 
you know, just grit your teeth all the way down to your butthole and tighten. <laughs> and I always say you can't make money. You can't, when you have a stick up your ass, you can't have fun with the stick up your ass. We've got to pull the stick up out of our asses. And um, it is important. You know, just this week, I have on my calendar rest, serve, and play for June, July, and August. And one of my girlfriends has on her calendar to sell something new every single month. And so I'm seeing her sell something every single month. I have, I have, do not have sell something every single month on my calendar, but I can't help see out of the llama eye instead of the Allison eye. In the book, you talk about prey animals have their eyes on the, the side of their head. So out of the side of my head, I'm seeing this person sell, 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 making all this money. And all of a sudden I'm making myself wrong for where I am in my business. I'm going to miss out. I'm, I'm doing gonna, it right. Oh, I'm doing enough. it wrong. I sh- just because I can double my business, I should. And that's, I don't, I can if I want to, but it's, it's not in my what feels aligned. Yeah. It's good, to, it's good to work through that stuff and just slow down. Most of the time when we say, why, why should I? Um, we might find that the thing is still fun. Double the business might be still fun, but what's, we can do the right things for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So it can, it can still be driven from this place of fear or I won't be okay or I won't be enough or whatever that thing is. And then it's, it's always going to be a drag. It's always going to mm-hmm. be a drain. Um, but who knows when you come back to it and say, yeah, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be enlivening and be engaging to do X, Y, Z. Let's make it a game. Let's make it, you know, an adventure, that kind of thing. Then it, it, it can, it can enliven us and, and, and strengthen us in the process. You also talk in the book a lot about experimentation. I use this word all the time with my clients that everything is an experiment. Even my coach right now is like sending out this, you know, um, tell me how your experience in the mastermind is. And I was like, lady, you got the container. I signed up for the container and I'm responsible for my experience. There's nothing that will make it better. There's nothing that will make it worse because I'm... no matter what happens, I'm going to, I'm going to get my money's worth out of this because I'm the decider. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's an, it's all an experiment. It's all an experiment. Um, Okay. There's a couple, let me, let me plant a couple flags because my brain is all of a sudden thinking about a lot of things. Number one, I'm just going to write these down for me. I do want to ask you about COVID. I don't want to do that yet. I want to ask you what have you had to do that's dangerous, right? So I want to hear a little bit of your personal story. What's trips danger? And I can't think of the third thing that came in my head and it was supposed to come out. So let's go to what was dangerous for you. I mean, obviously you've been able to get to a place where you're ready to share. You wrote this book for you. What did you have to let go of? Interestingly enough, writing the book was easy. What has been confronting is asking for help, mm-hmm. asking for help promoting the book. Mm-hmm. Um, my my tendency is to just isolate and I'll go mm-hmm. do everything by myself and that kind of thing. So, asking for pe- reaching out to people, having people not respond, having some, having people respond, you know, lovingly and and you know, amazingly like you have. Um, those are the types of things that. I was just like, oh, I freaking hate this. And I'm like, oh, I wrote a book about this crap. Maybe I should go back and read that stuff. So it was like, it was this weird cosmic joke as I'm going through. I was like, I come downstairs, I'd be all grumpy and pissy. And, you know, my wife would just look at me. It's like, if only somebody had written a book about being bold and being playful and about getting over yourself. I was like, damn it. All right. You know, and it was a reminder. It was great. Just pull my head, head on my butt and, mm-hmm. and, and go give it a shot. So yeah, I'd say asking for help. There's on an on a almost 48 hour basis, there's a part of me that just wants to run away and go hide in my cave and, you know, not, not need anybody for anything. Uh, and, and therefore not be let down. I don't want to be let down by people or disappointed by people. So mm-hmm. I'm there to support lots of people, but I, it's, it's challenging for me to be supported by others. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Last year was the year that I became the woman who allowed high level help. And I had all these stories like I I either don't need help. Nobody could do it as good as me asking for help. And one of um, my my chief operations gal has all these great ideas. Like and one of them is pitching podcast. 
And I'm like, yeah, I know that won't work for me. Yeah, I know that work for, won't work for me. And what happens though, this is what's so funny because I don't know who your podcast pitch guy is. I don't, don't remember seeing his first email, but I saw the name Trip and I was like, there's only one Trip. And I was like, by the way, if this is about Trip Lanier, I know who the fuck he is. <laughs> like, I saw your email my, and I was he's like, he's my oh, pal. <laughs> so, like, I know Trip. <laughs> well, and I get it because, right, like I have I have Amber to do that kind of stuff for me. But I notice one of the things I want is more exposure. But one of the things I've been afraid to do. Why? Why am I afraid to do that? Because I'm what am I protecting? I'm literally asking myself that right now because I don't want to. It's like if, if we don't if we don't want you on your on our podcast, then you're not important. You're not. Right. And I don't, what it's so funny. It's not even that I don't want you on the podcast. This is how silly our little protective brains get. I get cold pitch emails two and three times a day. I'm sure you do get even more. And so in the last year, I have received a cold pitch email that happened to have your name on it. Because the email didn't say, hey, Trip gave me your name. I'm sure it was a list of podcasts of personal growth people. And the other one, somebody actually took the time and made a Loom video of my website and my opt-in, like all these things. And I was like, whoa, that person really took time. And then the other one, I happen to know you. But because of the way I feel when I get a cold pitch... I've got some story that somebody, I'm making this assumption that somebody else is going to feel that way. Here's the other thing. I don't even remember the names of the people doing the cold pitch. But it's funny how I I put together all those connections and who knows whose inbox I would land in. Yeah. Oh, golly. Okay. Here's the other thing. This is fun. I know. (laughs) I could talk about this shit all day long. We didn't even talk about how long I'd like to go with this. Um, In very early in the book, um, you talk about the reasons why we want the things. This is my language, not your language. But if we want the Maserati, it's because we think it will make us feel X, Y, Z. And so for a long time, I've learned to follow a to-feel list. I have a couple of type A um, grown-ass women that I was like, I I don't care what you do. What do you want to feel? And all of a sudden, they're like, I'm sorry, what? Why does that matter? And next thing I know, they're teaching it. And their little daughters, like six-year-old daughters, are going, Mommy, what's on our to-feel list today? That's when I feel proud because... We're teaching our little ones to not have to be in their mid-40s. I'm speaking for myself, not for you. Actually, I'm at the end of my 40s. We're not having to... <laughs> what's available if they don't have to recover from all this people-pleasing? Yeah. Um, so the, the to-feel list. Um, and you break it down into like everything anybody wants to feel basically fits into four categories. Well, I, you know, people throw out terms like fulfillment and joy and happiness and i can ask a, a a client say are you feeling fulfilled and they're like ah i don't know <laughs> but i'm like are you feeling loved they're like yeah i've got my family and we're all in a good spot it's like great you feeling alive no yeah you feeling free no yeah like i haven't felt alive i haven't done anything that got my heart racing in a long time i haven't felt like I could just grab the wheel and kind of, you know, take, take the reins and go do ABCF. I've always been thinking about career and family and all of that kills peace of mind. So that, you know, those four, those four buckets, freedom, aliveness, love and peace. Um, I, I, I found that nobody doesn't want those things. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a great place. To, you know, if, if we think about where that person that we, we went after all the big objective goals, we're going to have the house, going to have the money, going to have the status, all that kind of stuff. And we still end up feeling trapped. What does that tell us? We want to feel free. If we feel drained, we want to, we want to feel alive. If we feel isolated, cut off, we want to feel love and connection. We're tired of feeling bored or overwhelmed. It's peace of mind. You just do the opposite. And so I just got tired of feeling, hearing guys be like, I feel trapped. I feel drained. It's like, those are their words. And it's like, okay, well, then let's flip it. What would have mm-hmm. you feel more free today? Not at the end of some big, huge mountain on the top of some big summit. What would have you feel free today? What would have you feel alive today? What would have you feel more loving today? What would have you feel more peace of mind today? Now, the, the, the challenge here is that it's not hedonistic. It's not a thing where it's like, oh, I'm just going to go run and, and eat ho-hos and, and watch Netflix all day. Because <laughs> actually, there's a difference between comfort and peace of mind. Comfort is, 
I can, I can push off the things that need to be done. I can push off that credit card bill. I can push off that uncomfortable conversation I need to have with my wife. I can push off these things and I can feel comfortable in the moment. That's people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Peace of mind comes from, we're going to have this conversation right now. We're going to deal with this thing right now. I'm going to repair XYZ in my life right now. And on the other side of that is peace of mind. It might be kind of a shit show for a while as you're putting those things together, but our head hits the pillow at night and say, you know what? I'm doing something about it. And so I, I like to draw the difference between comfort or relief and peace of mind. And, and, and I find that when we, when we engage those questions now, today, we're, we get more effective, we get more energized as we go forward. But we also realize we don't have to deprive ourselves for the next one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, hoping that this magical finish line is going to have us feel mm-hmm. free or alive or loved or peace at peace once and for all. Well, it gives all those things right now. What it's, it's also the, um, we're not avoiding the discomfort. I always tell my clients, like, you know how, like when you're really tired and you crawl into bed and you get in your good jammies and you're like, I'm going to stay here for 24 hours. And by 10 a.m., you're like, I got to get out of this fucking bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because it's not satisfying to lie in bed for 24 hours straight. Like our body wants, it wants to have that vitality also wants to have the rest. So I totally get that distinction. Um, And I love how the simplicity of that four quadrant matrix, because I'm sitting here thinking of some of my more flowery words that like, if I want to feel sexy, well, that goes into feeling um, alive. What what were the four? um, Yeah, Yeah. it goes into feeling aliveness. Um, You know, I want to feel prosperous. Well, that goes into feeling what? Peace of mind for me or free. Peace of mind. Yeah. Free. Peace of mind. Exactly. Um, and the way that I have, I, I'm just like, I'm pack, patting myself on my back, um, having changed so much in the last few years, but was willing to embrace discomfort. We actually, I don't know if you know this part of my story, but right after I met you, I was like at the pinnacle of my success and had the house and all this other stuff. And I sold my house and downsized into a tiny little suburban home and took everything off the plate except for one offering just this year, three three years in, did I add something new? And I work five hours a week, make just as much money, very simple focus, but I had to get willing, be willing to be bored. I had to be willing to have people say, I can't believe you're offering this low, like people are going to think you're cheap because it came from that high fee world. I had to face all those things. And I will say as a control, I don't want to call myself a control freak, but somebody who likes the power of control is like, oh, me deciding this for myself, me selling my house instead of having to sell my house was a little bit more empowering. But making those decisions for me and learning how to be uncomfortable has been learning how to get help. I'm like, damn it. Some of them, one of the things those, all those coaches and teachers say is true. (laughs) Be willing to be uncomfortable. What got you here won't get you there. All those cheesy things, fuck, they're true. Yeah. yeah they're they true. Be, for sure. Yeah. They're We're true. willing to test them, right? Um, I want to bring in the current climate of COVID and racial justice and political um, polarity in the sense of, I know often we're talking with our clients about what's going on in their little isolated life in their story. And right now I'm, we're all not just our clients, but us as service providers, we're all experiencing mass change, isolation, uncertainty. Uncertainty is the giant one, the uncertainty, um, a lot of the things that we normally would look forward to in our privileged lives, like vacations and those kind of things. So I'm curious how um, this is showing up in your coaching practice in the current climate. You know, the, the book was slated to come out, you know, right, right as everything was hitting the, mm-hmm. all the craziness was happening. And I, and I remember being like, is this book cavalier? Like, is this, uh, an insensitive message to come out because it was written in the time of the bull market when everything was mm-hmm. on the up and up and we were just getting more and more soft and more and more fragile and more and more important and, you know, sticking our heads in our asses. 
And I, I talked with some friends who had read the book and they were like, no, now more than ever, these, these principles are, because it's just about dealing with fear. And it's about learning how to pierce through that stuff and pierce through our own, our own uh, programming and that kind of thing. So I, I think that ultimately, there's so much uncertainty all the time. We're, we're one diagnosis away or a car wreck or what? Mm-hmm. There's just so many things that are close all the time, which is the nature of life as it is, not life and death. And, and I think that it's just, well, how am I going to face this, right? Am I going to completely crawl in my shell and want to go away and hide out? Or am I going to get curious? Am I going to see if I can be helped or how I can help others or get into communication, get into relationship with the world? Um, Things that get in the way are, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be uncertain. I don't want to look like a weirdo. So Mm -hmm. all along the way, those three questions are those three commitments that we have to, to avoid discomfort and uncertainty and looking like a moron or, or keep coming up over and over again. And I think that what we ultimately want is on the other side of being willing to face those things. So whether it's with virus related stuff or the race stuff that you're talking about, it's, it's just that like, okay, here we go. I'm going to ask this yeah. question or I'm going to reach out to this person or I'm going to offer this or whatever that might be. Yeah. I'm finding that obviously I can't move on as much auto autopilot. And after a while that, that, overstimulation has gone away and now there's adjusting to a new normal. But I like, you know, waking up every day again and asking what would make me come alive, even though I'm in this climate, right? There's different restrictions and there's, there's differences now. Um, I, I don't really like that phrase, the new normal, but it is what it is. And sitting around waiting things to go away or waiting for things to change is not really helpful. So what would strengthen me today? Um, assuming nothing would change, obviously hoping things quote change, but assuming nothing would change. How do I want to live in this moment? This is what, what I've got. I, yeah. This got. is, this is what I got. This is what I've got. How is, how do I want to, um, you know, I, the, the cheesy little analogy, like if you were an alien or you had all your memory lost and you were dropped onto this earth here and today, and you knew nothing of the past. And this is, what was, let's go from there. Um, let's go from there. And I think it comes back to looking at the choices we make on a daily basis. Is being glued to, glued to a news feed actually making me stronger? Is being I, glued to yeah. negativity and thinking I need to be informed of other people's opinions, is that actually making me stronger? Is it really informing me? Or is it giving me a false sense of aliveness because I get to feel pissed off every five seconds? Mm. So okay, let's slow down. Hold on. Let me take that in. <laughs> a lot of people would rather be pissed than bored. Yeah, if they could be out in the yard and enjoying the backyard, and like I'm bored, I'd rather go be pissed off. Let me go see what yeah. the president did. Let me go see what my my high school friend now thinks of whatever. And yeah. we'd rather. So it's understanding. It's like oh, I'm seeking something. I'm seeking an escape from whatever level of boredom I am. And I'm going to tell myself that what I'm doing is actually important and vital when it's really just I'm addicted to the dopamine hit that comes from being pissed off. Oh my God, you just kicked my ass. And I teach about this and talk about it. But I, I feel like I'm hiding. I'm, I'm, one of the things I'm doing is I'm noticing, I get real judgy. So I notice that I'm hiding my uncertainty, uncertainty, my discomfort with uncertainty by judging other people. I, (laughs) instead of needing everything to be fun, now I need everything to be intelligent. (laughs) And it's the same fucking thing. It's, you know, I, sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, but like my dad has been an AA for 30 years and now he's follows the whole QAnon propaganda. And my judgment of him is like, oh, he went from one AA to, you know, one, outsourcing addiction and now he has another one. But the reality is I have the same fucking addiction. My addiction to being right is costing me my peace. And I'm playing with now I, you know, the seven in me wants to bury my head. So I'm, I'm playing with what, what will make me come alive and feel passionate. My sister gave me the term boots on the ground, right? Like social media and news is not doing anything. But if I put my boots on the ground, I volunteer for something. And there was a story in your book about uh, uh, 
some CEO and when he felt most alive was helping an old lady in one of the hardware stores find a fucking light bulb. That is more of a political um, like a fiery move <laughs> to yeah. go and fucking be helpful to somebody with my actual body or my actual money is so much more powerful. And so I'm really, thank you. Sorry for this little impromptu coaching session, but I was actually struggling that with this morning. I was like, I've had too much Facebook and then I go off and then I come on and then I go off. And somebody asked me yesterday, why do you even care about politics? And I'm like, why can you not? And Going all the way off the deep end of peace, the distinction, like what's real peace and what's peace. And I want to be peace in this world. Okay, that you you just you just got me. Let me yeah, avoiding protecting, avoiding that discomfort. Well, there's also a who am I if I'm not getting attention? Who am I if I'm not putting something out in the world? And mm -hmm. unfortunately, that's where a lot of the social media stuff is derived from, which is I get to feel important. I get to feel like I'm doing something. I mm -hmm. matter. My, I have a voice. And uh, I talk about Bill Stutz in there, and he, he has a wonderful practice that he gave me. He's like, once you let go of any hope of being admired or recognized or appreciated for anything that you do, and when you let go of any hope that you will be admired or appreciated or recognized for anything that you do, you start looking at like, well, then why am I going to go and run my mouth on social media? <laughs> why am I going to signal to the world that I gave 50 bucks to some charity? Yeah, It's like, just watch where the hooks come from because that's the places where yeah. we sell our peace of mind. We just give it away. I wrote that down. The power and freedom that comes from letting go of the need to be admired, recognized, or appreciated. And that's actually one of the ways that I did make a dangerous move was I literally asked, I was like, why am I staying? And I could hear, this was when I worked for Keller Williams. I was like, why am I staying? And I could... You know, I told myself, because you need them to approve of you. And so I'm having this little conversation. Well, what if it didn't matter if they approved of you? What would you do if you approved of you? No matter what. And I was like, oh, well, I would just start my own company. And it, same thing with my husband. It was like, Bill should trust me. Bill should trust me. Well, what, what would you do if you trusted you? And the second I started trusting me, my husband trusted me. The second I started approving me, my own business went and took off. And, and the other, so the word that comes up is practice. You talk yeah. about that in your book. It's not a fucking event. You also talk about the A-team and the 80s montage. <laughs> I was laughing so hard at that. How old are you? We've got seven. Okay, I'm 48. Like we were watching the same TV shows. Talk a little bit. I think the montage mentality, even more so now in social media, but the montage mentality takes us out of the boring, relentless, tedious, sometimes excruciating practice. But practice is what wins the game. It just takes us out of the learning process. People, yeah. There's just not a... It, I, there's a part of me that, that likes that people don't want to learn stuff because then they'll just be on social media all day. That gives me an advantage. Oh, yeah. So if you want to go, yeah. dick, around, you want to go dick around and be right and be important, yeah. awesome. I'm going to go uh, deliver value. I'm going to go yeah. help people change their yeah. lives. Yeah. So it's like, I appreciate it. It's like, yeah, go ahead. Go be important and whatever. Like just whatever mm -hmm. that, that means for you. Um, but really, it's, it's, it just cuts us off. It, 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 it has us not realize that there is an aspect to this, which is, a lot of practice, a lot of falling down. My daughter sucks at a lot of things. Um, it's because she's new. And, mm -hmm. and so getting to watch her learn and grow things and then realize, oh yeah, that's what it's like. And it's important to go do those things with her and realize this is terrible. Like I went and did Brazilian jiu-jitsu with her and I, she's over there <laughs> with somebody and I've got some sweaty guy on top of me rolling me around like I'm, you know, a cat, you know, and I was just like... <laughs> How you doing, honey? You know, I was like, God, this sucks. But it's just great to remember like, oh, this is what it's like to just be completely powerless and new and feel incapable. And all of the status and all the importance that I may think I have doesn't mean shit now because mm -hmm. this guy's yeah. just rolling me around like, like a rag doll. So it's that thing that we're, if we're unwilling to get over ourselves and we always need to be right, we always need to be important, whatever, uh, then we won't go into the places where we have to practice and, and go through the montage. Yeah, a lot of my clients are chronic overthinkers. 
Um, and because we're overthinking instead of playing, one of my favorite coaching questions is how much fun can we have solving this problem? How much fun can we have sucking? How much fun can we have? Uh, let's see, not well. Yeah, of course you're going to think it like that. What? No. What? No. Oh, I, I love your oh, dirty mind. I, I love your dirty mind. I love how much my husband would like me to say that. How much fun can I have sucking? He would like, Allison, please. You talk a big game online, but you got nothing in the bedroom at home. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that stopped a long time ago. <laughs> We're old married couple now. Maybe. See, we need to get some vitality back in there too. Um, oh, I just got hot. <laughs> But how much fun instead of how much can you overthink this? Um, and the, the, I took the word of ease off my website everywhere that I could find it. I'm tired of needing anything to be easy anymore. And letting it be hard has made it be easy. Who fucking knew? Who fucking knew, Triplenia? What if, that's the whole thing. It's like, what if it was okay to be a little uncomfortable? What if it was okay to go through the suck? What if it was, what if it was okay to fall down and get back up? Um, I find it's it's a lot easier to do when you're with other people too. Yeah. Like yeah. when other people are going through the shit and you're like, oh, did you get punched in the face today? I did. I got punched in the face. Yeah, yeah me too. It's right here. Where'd you get? It's just, it doesn't have the whole devastating effect. Whoa, like, it's oh, me. The world is trying to kill me. And I'm, I'm just, the, the world is just, it's me against the world. And it's like, oh God, get over yourself. I, well, I like to laugh. I think you do this too. I saw in your book, you um, were acknowledging some comedians and, and when we ran around in the same circles, our coach was very serious. I think he's lightened up since then, but I'm always cracking jokes. And apparently that is really inappropriate in the authentic relating world and all that other stuff. But I think it's funny. Life is fucking funny. And so sometimes, yes, it helps me avoid discomfort, but it's also seriously straight up fucking funny. The, um, the re- the reality of all this stuff the the reality of all this stuff oh my god y'all please read the first and last chapter of his book read the middle too <laughs> get through the whole thing i mean read the middle too but <laughs> because it's fucking true and it's fucking funny right i appreciate that life is funny you know even even things that are kind of what do they say comedy is a tragedy plus time or times time so I haven't heard that one, but life is fucking funny. And it's it's fucking funny when it, I mean, I don't know. I could go down another thing. So let's do this. Let's play this. I want to play my little game that I like to play with my guests. So my, actually, I may even change the name of my podcast. It's the Better Life, Better Work show, but I may change it because of you to the Better Life, Better Life, Better Work, No Bullshit podcast. Um, do it. What's one tip for better life? Fucking! I, I, oh. It sounds it sounds trite, so I want to I want to try and yeah, put this in a language yourself. where it doesn't get dismissed. I'm amazed at how many people have no idea that they um, are not even trying to be happy. Mm-hmm. They have an aversion to happiness, mm-hmm. and then they are pissed off that they're not happy. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's kind of this thing is like. I don't know why I'm unhappy. It's like, well, look at all the choices you make through the day. You start to see you don't you don't allow humor in your life. You don't allow any play. You don't allow any kind of levity. You don't allow yourself to do the things you enjoy to do. Yeah, you know, all you do is read this negativity shit, and it's like, yeah, you're a real fucking drag. So it's just it's, it's and you're loaded with things. carbs and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like kind of makes sense why life's a drag for you. You haven't even. You haven't even pointed your, yourself and said, hey, I'd, I'd like to enjoy my life more. I'd like to feel stronger. I'd like to feel more expansive. Um, so I, I just, it seems crazy, but we're just not aligned for it. We're aligned to like, what do I do so that I feel important? What do I, what do, I do so that I'm not uncomfortable? What do I do so that you know, I don't lose any money? Uh, but that's, I don't know. That's boring. Well, we, I think we are subconsciously and our nervous systems are conditioned for a little bit of misery. Because it's safer than discomfort. The misery we know is safer than the discomfort of what we don't know. And I'll tell you, Richard Morgan, I had a conversation. He was a client of mine for a little while. And he and I would always, I would see him on Twitter and he's just so fucking relaxed. And I'm like, yeah, but you're just as passionate as I am about some of this political stuff. And so I called him up one day and he goes, Allison, how happy are you willing to let yourself be? And I don't know, somewhere I think I was believing the old story that if I cared about politics... If I wanted to be happy, 
that I had to quit watching the news completely, quit caring about politics. It was this absolute. And he asked me that question. I have not, I think about it every day. How happy am I willing to allow myself to be in re- what I see as reality? The old me would be happy ignoring reality, ignoring all the discomfort. So how happy can I be even in the discomfort? Um, Just look at, I mean, I had a hurricane go through my yeah. <laughs> neighborhood last night 12 hours ago, right? And it's wonderful to wake up and not our air conditioning's out, but it's like, it's, it's wonderful because the two years ago we had a tree come through the master bedroom. Yeah, and it's just yeah, like, yeah. we get in these places where we're miserable and it's like, you, you're one moment away from wishing you could have this version of your misery. Mm-hmm. We'd love to come back to this. Yeah. My right? husband always says, we are shitting in drinking water in America. <laughs> we are pooping in drinking water. We yeah. don't even poop in gray water, most of us. We are literal. And so I'm always just saying cold. Uh, first thing on my gratitude list is, um, you know, the fact that I have a refrigerator that puts out filtered water. I feel like the richest person alive to be grateful for that. And soft toilet paper. And those are, those are luxuries. Right. And but but I think can, it comes back to, to how happy are you willing to be? Because if you feel guilty for that, mm-hmm. then you will turn that down. If you, there's this thing you know, it's, it's a real binary thing. It's like, well, it's not okay for me to be happy. And I think that, you know, I want to be really clear. I'm not running around doing cartwheels and all of that. You know, I, I, that's, that's not, I don't buy into that kind of thing. I, that's why I don't use the word happiness really in the book. I use strength. I like to feel expansive. Yeah. I, I, there's, a, there's an element as I go through the day, I feel strong, but it's not this like, yippee. It's, it, that's not what I'm talking about, no. but it is, a, it is a powerful Feeling. It's like, yeah, what do I want yeah. to create today? Who do I want to talk to? What, what possibilities do I want to lean into? I like that feeling. Um, but yeah, if we don't feel like we deserve that, or if we're addicted to drama, or we're addicted to being right, and that's what makes us feel important, or whatever those things are, they're going to be hard to give up. We're, we're needing to, to be thing. liked. You know, a yeah. lot of times when we are happy, even though other people are like, oh, well, you should be, you should be miserable. <laughs> I remember talking with a girlfriend and it was like, what are you most proud of? And she's like, I'm an amazing mom. Why am I telling myself I'm a bad mom? And I said, of course, because when you go to the baseball fields and all the moms are sitting together and they're in their little belonging club and you sit down and they're like, being a mom is so hard. And she's like, actually, I love being a mom. And then all of a sudden, our biological need to belong, it goes back exactly what you said, Trip. It's the protection. What am I, I, I think my brain thinks I'm going to die if I'm happy and everybody else is miserable. If I don't belong. Right? If, if, I, if I, don't I don't belong, right. And if I'm happy and they're miserable or I'm miserable and they're happy, I won't belong. Okay, next question. So much for the lightning round. I don't really call it that. Um, one tip for better work. Uh, one tip for better work. Enjoy it. I, I, if I don't enjoy what I'm doing, I have a hard time getting to it. So, um, and I talk about it in the book. It's like, can it, could it really be fun? Could it really be enjoyable? Could I really just do the things that, you know, if, if I, if I, it's, it is a reality that I need to put myself out there in the world so that I can create work for myself, but does it need to be a drag or could it be something that's enlivening for me? And I, I follow the fun. Again, it's not the yippee thing, but it, it, we don't have to default to the, yeah, it's got to be a slog. Everything's got to be hard. Yeah. Um, our ancestors went through the slog in the heart. We're in AC. We're in Wi-Fi. We're in all this. We got, let's fucking enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrate it. We have the ability. We have the, we have the ability to connect with people all over the world. People thought I was nuts when I first started my business. And I happened at the timing of the internet was so nice to help me kind of move away from my local business to connect with other people that had similar values and that we have these devices. It, I feel like the luckiest person in the world that gets to, to, to do this work. And I do have to practice when I start going down the path of seduction from somebody's shiny object because it's the right thing, their right thing to do, or they're doing more on the comparison. It's like, wait a minute, I did this last week. Is that energizing me or is this depleting me? Oh, it's totally depleting in me and sending a text to my entire team saying, fuck that shit. We're not doing it. Here's what I'm going to do instead. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Last thing, uh, what's your best tip for no bullshit? Don't get in the habit of bullshitting yourself. Uh, that'd be first and foremost. And then don't, 
surround yourself with people that allow you to bullshit yourself. Mm-hmm. That would be the the second. It's good to have people that aren't afraid to to challenge you mm-hmm. uh, and ask good questions. Uh, if if you if you're if again if you if you've committed your life to being comfortable and uh, making sure you're always accepted, most of us will start relationships. I, I don't want to be alone, so I'll just be with somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't actually. I, I just want to feel mm-hmm. safe, so I'll just be with somebody. I, I I can't stand the idea of being unwanted. My friends will think I'm a, you know, unwanted. So I'll just be with somebody, and then we wonder why our their friendships are just. We feel alone. We feel isolated yeah. instead of choosing to be with people that are really that will challenge us, that will have us, you know, challenge us to to go into places that are energizing and enlivening, and to push through the places that are that are uncomfortable. I think that's where. I think that's the the big conversation here is because most of us just want to they really have those deep loving connections. Yeah. Thank you for spending time with me today. It's so good to see you again. Good to see you too. Thank you so much, Allison. Um, you're welcome. You guys, his book is This Book Will Make You Dangerous. You'll really enjoy it. You can find um he's also the the host of the New Man Podcast and a coach at triplanier.com or at the newmanpodcast.com. And you had there's book like places to buy your book on Amazon's all around the world. So Amazon, wherever. okay. Yep. Awesome. And um, yeah, Amazon. Okay, perfect. I always want to make sure the author gets the most money. Oh. <laughs> I like people to get paid for their work. Anyways, thank you for spending time with me. Um, I hope that y'all's hurricane recovery is simple and easy. And how much fun can you have cleaning up the mess? That's right. Peace out, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Um, let me think real quick what, what I want to invite you to do. Oh, let us know what you thought about the podcast. Share it. Tweet it. Talk about it. Tell us what you learned about it on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, um, somewhere fun. Share it with somebody you love. And um, by the way, Allison Crow is opening up Doors to Soulful Success on August 15th. It's the last time it will be at 222. So if you want to become a member at Soulful Success and basically life, business, coaching, and community for 222, so you have money left over to invest in fun and help, come hang out with us. That's at coachwithallison.com. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Trip. Thank you. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work Show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.